Section five of Phaedrus by Plato, translated by Benjamin Jowett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Section five. <laughs> your love of discourse phaedrus is superhuman simply marvellous and i do not believe that there is any one of your contemporaries who has either made or in one way or another has compelled others to make an equal number of speeches i would accept simias the theban but all the rest are far behind you and now i do verily believe that you have been the cause of another that is good news but what do you mean i mean to say that as i was about to cross the stream the usual sign was given to me that sign which always forbids but never bids me to do anything which i am going to do and i thought that i heard a voice saying in my ear that i had been guilty of impiety and that i must not go away until i had made an atonement now i am a diviner though not a very good one but i have enough religion for my own use as you might say of a bad writer his writing is good enough for him and i am beginning to see that i was in error oh my friend how prophetic is the human soul at the time i had a sort of misgiving and like ibicus i was troubled i feared that i might be buying honour from men at the price of sinning against the gods now i recognise my error what error oh that was a dreadful speech which you brought with you and you made me utter one as bad how so it was foolish i say to a certain extent impious can anything be more dreadful mm, nothing if the speech was really such as you describe well and is not eros the son of aphrodite and a god so men say but that was not acknowledged by lysias in his speech nor by you in that other speech which you by a charm drew from my lips for if love be as he surely is a divinity he cannot be evil yet this was the error of both the speeches there was also a simplicity about them which was refreshing having no truth or honesty in them nevertheless they pretended to be something hoping to succeed in deceiving the mannequins of earth and gain celebrity among them wherefore i must have a purgation and i bethink me of an ancient purgation of mythological error which was devised not by homer 
for he never had the wit to discover why he was blind but by stesichorus who was a philosopher and knew the reason why and therefore when he lost his eyes for that was the penalty which was inflicted upon him for reviling the lovely helen he at once purged himself and the purgation was a recantation which began thus false is that word of mine the truth is that thou didst not embark in ships nor ever go to the walls of troy and when he had completed his poem which is called the recantation immediately his sight returned to him now i will be wiser than either stesichorus or homer in that i am going to make my recantation for reviling love before i suffer and this i will attempt not as before veiled and ashamed but with forehead bold and bare nothing could be more agreeable to me than to hear you say so only think my good phaedrus what an utter want of delicacy was shown in the two discourses i mean in my own and in that which you recited out of the book would not any one who was himself of a noble and gentle nature and who loved or ever had loved a nature like his own when we tell of the petty causes of lovers jealousies and of their exceeding animosities and of the injuries which they do to their beloved have imagined that our ideas of love were taken from some haunt of sailors to which good manners were unknown he would certainly never have admitted the justice of our censure <laughs> i dare say not socrates therefore because i blush at the thought of this person and also because i am afraid of love himself i desire to wash the brine out of my ears with water from the spring and i would counsel lucius not to delay but to write another discourse which shall prove that ceteris paribus the lover ought to be accepted rather than the non-lover be assured that he shall you shall speak the praises of the lover and lucius shall be compelled by me to write another discourse on the same theme you will be true to your nature in that and therefore i believe you speak and fear not ah but where is the fair youth whom i was addressing before and who ought to listen now lest if he hear me not he should accept a non-lover before he knows what he is doing <laughs> he is close at hand and always at your service know then fair youth that the former discourse was the word of phaedrus the son of vain man who dwells in the city of myrhina myrhinosios 
and this which i am about to utter is the recantation of stesichorus the son of godly man euphemus who comes from the town of desire chimera and is to the following effect i told a lie when i said that the beloved ought to accept the non-lover when he might have the lover because the one is sane and the other mad it might be so if madness were simply an evil but there is also a madness which is a divine gift and the source of the chiefest blessings granted to man for prophecy is a madness and the prophetess at delphi and the priestesses at dodona when out of their senses have conferred great benefits on hellas both in public and private life but when in their senses few or none and i might also tell you how the sibyl and other inspired persons have given to many an one many an intimation of the future which has saved them from falling but it would be tedious to speak of what every one knows there will be more reason in appealing to the ancient inventors of names who would never have connected prophecy mantique which foretells the future and is the noblest of arts with madness manique or called them both by the same name if they had deemed madness to be a disgrace or dishonour they must have thought that there was an inspired madness which was a noble thing for the two words mantique and manique are really the same and the letter tau is only a modern and tasteless insertion and this is confirmed by the name which was given by them to the rational investigation of futurity whether made by the help of birds or of other signs this forasmuch as it is an art which supplies from the reasoning faculty mind nous and information historia to human thought oiesis they originally termed oionoistike but the word has been lately altered and made sonorous by the modern introduction of the letter omega oionoistike and oionistike and in proportion as prophecy mantique is more perfect and august than augury both in name and fact in the same proportion as the ancients testify is madness superior to a sane mind sophrosyne for the one is only of human but the other of divine origin again where plagues and mightiest woes have bred in certain families owing to some ancient blood guiltiness their madness has entered with holy prayers and rites and by inspired utterances found a way of deliverance for those who are in need 
and he who has part in this gift and is truly possessed and duly out of his mind is by the use of purifications and mysteries made whole and exempt from evil future as well as present and has a release from the calamity which was afflicting him the third kind is the madness of those who are possessed by the muses which taking hold of a delicate and virgin soul and there inspiring frenzy awakens lyrical and all other numbers with these adorning the myriad actions of ancient heroes for the instruction of posterity but he who having no touch of the muse's madness in his soul comes to the door and thinks that he will get into the temple by the help of art he i say and his poetry are not admitted the sane man disappears and is nowhere when he enters into rivalry with the madman end of section 5 recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey